Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, this is a special uh, bonus two for week. Um, this is episode nine. It's a bonus. We have dropped one podcast uh, yesterday, uh, which was uh, uh, one that I really enjoyed doing with my daughter. But um, I woke up with this thought in my mind and I wanted to share it with you guys quickly. So I want to share this secret um, that I think is so important. It's not much of a secret, but I think it's something that um, we need to constantly be reminded of and to come back to and to come back to so that we can uh, live the life that we really uh, desire to live. And I will tell you also one of the things in conjunction with what you're about to listen to that that um, I'll discuss probably in my next um, podcast is what I believe is really one of the most important things you can do once you've done this first work that you're about to hear, the very next thing that you have to do and, and, and to be consistent about. And I think it's a powerful thing that um, if we do it every single day and if we, if we leverage the way that the human mind normally works, uh, naturally works, it'll really help us to move faster towards those things that we desire. So um, with no further ado and without me uh, telling you what you're about to listen to, I just hope you enjoy this next episode. And uh, remember to like, uh, subscribe, and share as you um, uh, listen after you've had a chance to listen to this. Have a wonderful week. So here's something that we've all heard, even if we're not quite sure if we agree with it or not. Um, in all cases, but one of the things that you would hear often uh, is the people that you grew up with or around know you best. Now this is kind of a tough thing because. To some extent, the people who you grew up with or around, sometimes they know you too well, the old you, right? <laughs> and and they have a tendency to constantly see you, the new you, whether you're in your 20s or 30s or 40s, 50s or 60s, they have a tendency to see you in the light of the person that they used to know, right? You know, and, 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 and it's tough for them to let go of that idea of the person that you used to be when you were... Uh, uh, you know, a teenager or in your 20s and doing goofy things and making mistakes and so on. And one thing I often say is, you know, if I was judged by the worst thing I ever said or did, no one would want to be my friend, right? You know, no one wants that, right? But but the truth of the matter is that the people who grew up, who you grew up with, the people in your home, like a, a brother or a sister, they know you, right? They see the unvarnished, um, private you, the one that isn't built for presentation to the public. And one of those people um, from ancient scripture um, that kind of knew someone well was the brother of Jesus. His name was James, um, one of the uh, fathers of the faith. And uh, tradition teaches that, um, uh, based on everything that we know, uh, is that James was didn't become a follower uh, of Jesus, believing that he was the Messiah, that he was the son of God, that he was God come in the flesh. He didn't believe any of that stuff while Jesus was alive. And that's not too hard to, to imagine because let's be honest here. Um, it's a tough stretch for, you know, your brother to come up one day and say, you know, start talking all this stuff and, and, you know, seeming to be saying I'm the Messiah or some variation of that. And, I mean, you're like, I know that guy. That's my brother. There's no way that's, you know, that, that he's those things, right? Even though you may have had some inkling of it as you were growing up, you know, kind of the lore of the family and the story that's been told and so on and so forth, I'm still willing to bet that it was a tough stretch for his brother to believe that he was the Messiah. But after Jesus was resurrected is what, what we understand is that this was such a 
transformational and crystallizing experience and event in his life that he became a follower and a devoted follower as well. And the reason why I bring up James is because James, in, in the book of James, he writes a lot of stuff. And first of all, I think it's important that you understand that he's writing these things to believers, to followers of Christ. And he's basically saying, here's how you do belief, right, in the context of, of our following of, of Christ's teaching and so on. But he writes something that's really important for us to key in on as we think about our lives, because, you know, I always, you know, when I, when I read scripture, I say to myself, how does this apply to my life here and now, right? It's great to understand it historically, and it's really important to understand what the future holds for us. But it's very important to understand the practicality of scripture and the fact that it's for here and it's for now, and it's, it's to help us live our lives right here and right now. And so one of the things that he writes, uh, it's, this is found in, in uh, the fourth chapter of James. And again, this is written to believers now, okay? But one of the things that he writes, this is the fourth chapter of James. And I'm going to read this in uh, the New Living Translation version. Um, it's kind of a plain English version uh, for some of us uh, that are listening. Some of you, you know, are, are very accustomed to listening to, to hearing this in the King James Version, the NIV or the New King James Version. And I understand that. But, but here's what it says in the second verse of the fourth chapter of James. It says, you, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet, here's the key, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Let's repeat that last part. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. So here's a question, and I think it's a very important question for each and every one of us. It's a question that we've got to figure out once and for all. What do you want? Like, what do you really, really want? You know, my belief based on experience in my life and in looking at other people as well is most people don't know the answer to that question. Uh, you know, the thing I often say is people go to the, um, uh, they'll go to a wishing well and, you know, I, I tell the story all the time so people hear it all the time. But, you know, it used to be in the malls when growing up, they'd be a, a well, you know, a water feature in the in the mall. And and uh, you'd look at the bottom of the of the well and there'd be all kinds of coins down there. And, 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 you know, the, the tradition is you, you flip a coin and there you make a wish. And one of the things that you find with people who haven't done what I would argue is the most basic thing of understanding what they really, truly want. Not what they should want, not what they were told they were allowed to want, but what they truly want. That one of the things they do when they flip that coin in there is they, you know, as the coin is leaving their thumb, you know, as they flick it out, they say, more money whatever more money means, right? You know, and they turn around, they walk away, they look down, there's a 25 cents there. Well, now you got more money, right? <laughs> you know, sitting on the ground. But I think it's so important for us to truly define what it is we want. And then here's the next powerful thing we should do once we've done that. Write it down. You see, there's something about putting meat on the bones. When you actually write something down, it becomes more real. Now, of course, when you write it down and you put a date next to it, it becomes really, really real at that point. But if you, until, unless and until you actually write down what it is you really, truly want, then it's kind of tough to focus your mind on the thing that you're supposedly moving towards. Now, here's the thing. Um, I like definitions because one of the things that I've discovered is most of us know what words mean and 
but we never really read the definition and really try to understand what it's trying to convey to us. So here's the definition of want. Have a desire to possess or do, to wish for. That's another one of those definitions as well. And what I want to suggest to you today is that want is the only prerequisite for making a decision and getting what you desire. I'm going to say that again. Want is the only prerequisite for making a decision and getting what you desire. You see, I think buried within what we read a minute ago from James is a critically important principle. And I think it gets lost as we kind of obsess over this thing or that thing, when the truth of the matter is the most important thing that we need to focus on first is what do you want? Write it down and then, and then ask with intention for that thing. Um, my neighbor asked me to drop her uh, to the uh, collision center to have her car repaired or rather to pick her up after she dropped off the car. And so I dropped, you know, I drove over, she drove back with me, we kind of chatted, caught up about life and so on. And uh, she'd recently got some work done on, um, on her deck. And so I really wanted to see it and hadn't had a chance to go over yet. It just looks beautiful. And as I was walking around to take a look at the deck when we got back to her house, um, I noticed her tomato plant. Um, and I said, wow, look at these beautiful tomatoes. One of them was kind of turning, you know, and she said, oh, have you got some? I said, oh, yeah, we've got quite a bit coming in. We've picked already. She said, I keep giving them away, you know, and she said, I'd give to you, but I know you've got a lot too. I said, yeah, that's so true. And I uh, went around the back, looked at the deck. It's just, it's in just beautiful work that was done and so on. And I was leaving and she said, hey, hang on, I want to show you this. Take a look at this one. And she showed me one of the tomatoes, just a massive beast, right? You know, it's still green, but, you know, but just growing. And I said to her what I've often said, and I'm going to keep saying because it's the truth. It's the truth. I said, life is so abundant. You know, I said, from one seed comes one plant and all these tomatoes, right? And I always believe that for everyone, it's important if to the extent that you can, and frankly, I don't care where you live, you can have a little pot and put some kind of growing something in it that you can eat. If it's tomatoes or cucumbers or fill in the blank here, because I think one of the things that that plant teaches us is the abundance of life. Life is not just enough. Life is more than enough. And here's why that matters in the context of want. God doesn't have to take something from someone to give to you or to give to me. Life is abundant. All of God's creation is abundant. And when we develop a scarcity mindset, that's part of what, what uh, James is talking about here, where he says, talks about you scheming, you know, and killing to get jealous about what others have, but, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away. You see, that's a scarcity mindset that he's describing there. And unfortunately, a lot of us are swimming in a scarcity mindset when all along, if we just go to nature, what we discover is life is abundant. There's not just enough. There's more than enough in life. And if we constantly, if we really enter into the spirit and understanding of what that means, it changes our outlook on life. We have a fig tree I talk about all the time because I love my fig tree. I'm proud of it. It's taught me so many lessons. Who would have thought a fig tree could teach you lessons? Yes, it's true. And um, 
uh, a, a nephew of my wife brought it down from New Jersey. He brought three of them, actually, and, you know, two of them didn't make it. One of them did. I often say, uh, again, if you've listened to me for any amount of time, you've heard this story repeatedly. Where this fig tree grew was the most unexpected place, the one that survived, the one that thrived. And there's there's some kind of an idea there that, you know, um, I think is so powerful. But this fig tree, the first year, it's growing and growing. And then we got one or two figs. And, you know, last year, actually... Um, I, I, um, I trimmed it back. I'd never trimmed it back before. And I said to my wife, I said, listen, this thing's going to look like I killed it now. Okay. And it looked butchered right after it had, it had gone into hibernation. So all of the sap was pulled back into, you know, into the bark and so on. I trimmed it down and I'm telling you, this thing is bigger than ever. And the figs don't really start. They don't ripen until later on late summer, maybe almost going into the fall. But I said to my wife a few times as we're walking by it, it's right by our um, steps coming up the deck. And I've said to her several times, if all these figs ripen that are on the, you know, that are out here, we can't possibly eat all these figs, right? (laughs) There is just so many of them. And again, from one tree and ultimately one seed. So life is abundant. And I think when we lose sight, if we just go to the most elementary things, which are in nature, we see this truth uh, to be the case. So the question, again, we circle back to is, what do you want? And I'm telling you that it's worth the time for you to challenge yourself enough to sit down. If you got to go, but if you're not a journaler, you just go buy a, a, a regular book, right? Get a piece of paper, you know, get, get a page in that book, take a pen out and spend the time, invest the mental energy in trying to better understand yourself and ask honestly, what do I want? And then write it down. And I'm telling you what you will find if you write that down and then you are intentional about looking at it and reminding yourself about it daily and many times throughout the days. You're going to see in this what you might describe as a magical way that those things start to come towards you. I see this happen all the time. And it's amazing how when it happens, it's kind of awe-inspiring. And sometimes it's so easy, right? No effort, you know, uh, and it just naturally comes. Or I, I naturally make a phone call that I just, you know, I should make that call or I should contact that person or send this email or something along those lines. This is the system that God has, la- has laid out. And that's what, what, what James is trying to bring to our understanding there. Why don't you have what you want? Because you don't ask, Right? And to ask, you first have to define that first cause. What do I want? And I'm going to repeat again. Want is the only prerequisite for you making a decision and getting what you desire. Here's the question. What if it's that simple? What if it really is that simple? What if what's really been missing all this time is you sitting down and defining with honesty looking inside of yourself and saying, what do I really, truly want? And then with it, after that, that period of integrity, where you look in yourself and say, what is the thing that moves me? What's the thing that, that really satisfies my soul at a deep level? That isn't what I was told I should want, isn't what society you know, uh, tells me is okay for me to have, but is truly the thing that I want. What if once you've done that hard work, You then commit that thought, that idea to paper, and then you start to intentionally remind yourself day after day after day that that is the thing that you want. That is the thing that you're desiring to move towards. What if it is that simple? And if it is that simple, why wouldn't you do it, right? 
Why, why wouldn't you do that for yourself? And what I'm telling you is, you ought to do it. Define in advance what it is you want, commit it to paper, and then remind yourself every day and all through the day, this is what I want. Because want is the only prerequisite for making a decision and getting what you desire. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed this latest episode of the Moose is Loose podcast. If you enjoyed the show and think someone you know might also enjoy it, then please feel free to share it with them. And also remember to like the show on whichever platform you listen on, such as Apple Podcasts, which helps us to get more eyeballs. You liking and sharing is a great way to help us grow the community. And you might just be someone's hero today by sharing this episode with them. Hope you are or will have a killer week. Remember to bring light and love in all your circles. Leave a comment down below. And I can't wait to see you on the next episode.